What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always connect with us at fathomchurchjacks.com and on all your social media platforms as well as on YouTube. We just want to let you know about a new weekly podcast that is now available to you called Fathom Beyond Sunday. Very different from our normal sermon podcast, really just um, some casual, engaging conversation on faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. What is up, Fathom Church? Fathom Church Online. Uh, Let's show some love for everybody uh, enjoying us from home today, joining us. Uh, I'm thankful for you. Hey, if you're, in the, if you're at home, will you give it up for everybody in the room? <laughs> yes. So loud. It's quiet. You guys are quiet today at home. But uh, no, hopefully uh, everybody's feeling the, the joy of Christmas spirit. Can you feel it? Yes. Right? We get around these kids and we see all the Christmas sweaters and uh, Christmas colors. It's, a, it's an exciting time of year. And, and I think we could all use that, right? Let's finish Amen. this year strong. Yes. It's been wild and crazy, a lot of depressing things that we've walked through, but man, just remind ourselves that we've got the, the joy of God that's come, the light right. of heaven, as, as dark as this year's been, and so uh, we're thankful you're here. If you're a guest joining us, uh, we hope that this is an opportunity for you to connect, to grow in faith and family, and so you can fill out a digital connect card, uh, let us know you're watching online, or right here in the room by just texting the word FATHOM to 97,000, that kind of gives us kind of a, f- a framework to start a relationship and get to know you and, and uh, just get to know one another. Then you'll get all of our emails too, that so you can know what's going on and, and what your next steps are. And today's DNA sessions, if you're new to the Fathom family and maybe you've started um, uh, attending or watching online um, and, and you're ready to kind of get connected, really find uh, your place here, join us after service right next door in the kids building. It's DNA sessions or right there online. You can join by just going to the website and clicking uh, DNA sessions. Get started now and it's on demand. But it's that right. easy to kind of get started, so we'd love for you to, to, to see you there after service. Awesome. Um, yeah, as he said, we are just so excited to be here this morning. It's awesome to see the kiddos. Um, I'm thankful for that funny game right before because I was crying <laughs> during worship, watching it, watching We're them worship. We're all it's, shocked. I know. It's, it's a thing. It's <laughs> so rare. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as she mentioned this morning, Christina, that it's packing light today. And so we're going to, um, we're just going to go through the story of Jesus and his birth. And when you think about that, um, you know, Jesus, he traveled a lot. Like in the first few years of his life, he, they were living life on the move. And when we first, uh, when we had Beckett, our first child, he's over here. He loves everybody to look at him, so do He's that. He's over here playing on the, <laughs> in the drums um, in the corner. But when we first had him, he was 13 months old when God called us to leave our ministry job in Georgia and um, plant the church. And so we kind of became a family on the move. We went to all different churches raising money and... Um, poor guy was like in more planes than um, some adults in the first couple of years just because we were we were a family on the move Um, and that's Mm -hmm. just so much like the story of Jesus's birth and how he how he kind of got started yeah absolutely I was thinking about that this summer when we were uh, um, when we were traveling we did our our trip to Maine we do each summer we love to go there and um, we were in and out of hotels and so I'm like and, and, you know, dad's in charge of getting all the luggage in the house, into the hotel and like every night. And, you know, with five people for two weeks, that's a lot of luggage. It's a lot of luggage. And so I said, we are packing 
light this year. In fact, for the past couple of years, we've kind of been in a flow to, uh, to, to clear out the house. We don't need as much. We can pack light. And so here's what we did. Um, we got these little storage cubes from TJ Maxx. Here's a little hack for you guys. And then, right, if you're doing a little overnight trip, we don't need 1,000 bags. You just need some storage cubes, and you just kind of shove everything in there. Everybody gets one storage cube, right? Doesn't that sound so intense? Yeah, that's, that's the way we were rolling. Daddy was tired of carrying 20 bags in, so we're going to learn to pack light. And so this morning, we're all going to learn to pack light um, from a spiritual perspective. And we want to do that by kind of looking at, at the life of Jesus. It really was, he was on the move. He was on the move. I don't know if we think of that. We just always think about Jesus is born in Bethlehem. But when we really think about Mary and Joseph and their journey, let me just kind of break it down for uh, just a second and kind of uh, help you know. And I don't know if you want to kind of give them kind of scriptural references for where we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, so um, another little like Advent tip. I know there's all these Advent calendars out there that you can every day get a different Hershey kiss or there's just so many different ones. We need to start that one. (laughs) (laughs) But I would encourage you to either look in Matthew chapter 1 or Luke 2 and just read a couple of scriptures from each account of the birth of Jesus to your family every night. Or we usually do it on Christmas morning. We read it like that. And so um, those are the two places that you can find the, the birth of Jesus. And it's a really fun thing to do with your family. Because even though it's a story you hear every December, um, that's, that's the cool thing about the Bible, that God just breathes yeah. something new every time you read it. So do same, that together with your family. Same story every year, <laughs> all the time there. But we, we hear it every year, and God can speak something fresh mm-hmm. to us. And and God was definitely speaking something fresh through the, the regional locations, the geographic locations that, that Mary and Joseph and Jesus went to. And so we want to talk about packing light. Really the four locations that they find themselves is first Nazareth. Everybody say Nazareth. Nazareth. Right. This is uh, John's, uh, excuse me, uh, Joseph's hometown. So that's where they were. We'll talk more about Nazareth here on our first point. Uh, and then they move uh, from there to uh, obey the census. We just did a 2020 census. Everybody do their census this year. Uh, I, we were actually sitting on the couch last night running through this. And I'm like, I don't think we did the census. She goes, yes, we did. We did. <laughs> yeah. You ever had those moments? Right? Yes, we so did. we did do it. So, but at that time, what they would do as part of the Roman census, they would have to go back to their, you know, the, the patriarch's uh, hometown. And so uh, they uh, went to, to Bethlehem to be a part of that, to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem, that area. And so they're in Bethlehem. Jesus is born uh, there. And then they're going to travel from Bethlehem, 80 miles outside of that. Uh, outside of Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, uh, to, be, to uh, kind of dedicate Jesus, ded- rededicate themselves towards uh, God's service, to, uh, to be faithful to him. We're going to talk about that here in a few moments. Um, and then there's this, uh, this edict, uh, Herod the Great. Anybody ever heard of Herod the Great? There's a, lots of Herods, but the Herod the Great, the original one, he puts out this thing because he's, he's worried that Jesus is going to take his throne. Remember when we were in our series, Citizens, we were talking about that Jesus is king overall, right? Well, we know that, and, and that he, he was a fulfillment of that. And so uh, the wise men came, and they told uh, Herod that, that this is where the Messiah was to be born. And so he put out this, uh, this edict, this, this command, this rule that all the firstborn uh, children, all the firstborn boys uh, will be killed. And so Jesus' family, Joseph and Mary, and little baby Jesus, their only son at the time, um, will flee to Egypt. They'll be political. They'll seek political asylum. They'll be refugees running from home 
to Egypt, to Africa. So they'll go there and, and, and find shelter. We don't know how long. We'll talk more about their Egypt stay here at the end. And then they'll return back to Nazareth. They'll turn, go back to his hometown. So that's all in like the first two years of his, of his life. And as we're going to tell you, this was traveling for weeks on end by foot to, to get there with a newborn. You know what I mean? I just remember that. Like when we were packing up with, with Beckett, like you were saying, it was like first-time parents, anyway, first-time parents online in, in, in the room, right? You got to feel like you, you pack everything, right? We got to get everything. The entire house. Right. You need every little accessory just in, in case. case, right? I know the one that was always like, seriously, do we have to bring this? Which is like the little booger sucking tube. <laughs> you guys familiar with the booger? That's got to be packed. It's an essential. You got to have the booger. By packed. the third kid, you're just like sticking your pinky up there, like getting it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. Lots of packing. <laughs> Neither hey, here nor there. Speak the truth, right? <laughs> there you go. Speak the truth. So yeah, we're going to talk about today three different things that we need to definitely not leave home without that you, we, you know, when you're going to pack a bag. So these are the things that you want to pack. The first thing um, is that, sorry, there's something in my eye. Um, we want to pack God's approval. So the, the first thing is we think that that's best represented talking about Jesus's hometown. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like he mentioned, Joseph was from Nazareth, and that's where Jesus grew up. And just so you know, like Nazareth is a small little town that nobody really wants to be from. It's kind of um, known as like a dirty place. Trashy. Um, trashy. You ever have a part of town, or maybe you grew up in a place, and like it's just, you, you drive through it, and you're like, this place is just a little bit trashy. Yeah, right. and that's what, pe- that's what people uh, thought Nazareth that the was. people from Nazareth were backward or awkward or weird. And so um, Galilee as a whole, really, where Nazareth was, just they didn't, it didn't have a great reputation. And so actually Jesus was rejected simply because of where he came from. And, um, I mean, people would, they were like, yeah, right, a prophet's not going to come from there, much less the Messiah is not coming from Nazareth. Yeah. And because I think um, I grew up in a town across the bridge from where he grew up, and it wasn't a bad town, but nobody had ever heard of it. So I chose the next biggest town that people would recognize to say where I was from. And so, you know, when, when they were telling that they were from Nazareth, they were like, yeah, right, he's not, definitely not coming from there. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of us can probably relate for that, uh, relate with that. Maybe it's your family that that you were raised with. Maybe it is the town or uh, how much money your family had growing up. There's some things that you know you, you don't like to broadcast uh, about your life and kind of em- embarrassed. And you know sometimes uh, we don't realize it, but I've found that there's there's a couple of things. One, we just have to be reminded that in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, only in Christ can we find God's approval. That's right. O- o- only in Christ can we find God's approval. What I found is that even after we come to say yes to Jesus, even after we begin to follow him, many of us are still trying to live for God's approval, like we're trying to earn it. I've seen many adult men who are living their lives, their careers, trying to raise their family to prove their dad wrong to try to win their father, their grandfather's, or their mother's approval because they never had it in their entire life. I've seen this so many times. Even after we come, so even after we say yes to Jesus and put our faith in him, we can still be fighting for it. And kind of, we're just thinking to ourselves, we've got this MO, this method of operation in our heart that if I were just, if I'm just a little better tomorrow, God will love me more. 
if, if I just give my act together a little bit more, then maybe they'll see me not like I'm from Nazareth. And we're living out this, this truth that's not the truth of the gospel, which is that in Christ we have found his approval, and it's only through that. Mm-hmm. But then there's another side of this, too. Yeah, the other side is that you can, you can be saved, but the way that you're living is grieving God's heart. Like, we find ourselves living in sin and walking in these things that are grieving the Holy Spirit. Um, Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. So just... You know, on one side of the coin, we do have God's free grace and his acceptance and his approval right off the bat. As soon as we say yes to him, he, he's like waiting for us. Yeah. But at the same time, it causes our heart to just want to change and be different and not live in, this, in the same place where we're like, eh, he's going to approve of me anyway, so I can do this, you know, fill in the blank. And as a natural people pleaser, I, I can totally relate to trying to switch back into the mode of, oh, I just need to be getting his approval, getting him to, you know, love me better. Yeah, for sure. Galatians 1.10 says this, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so there's this, this both sides of this coin in which we're not fighting, we're not working to win God's approval. It's only through Jesus Christ that we have God's approval. And when we have it, our life is no longer um, trying to, to prove something to God so that we can make it to heaven. It's living to please God out of delight and joy, out of what he's given us in the gift of salvation. And so uh, we need to think about that. And we can really help each other with this as friends, as families, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We can help each other with this. Yeah, I've, I've been in conversations here lately and just over the years where somebody is beating themselves up for something they've done or, or what they didn't do or, mm. you know, and we as sisters and brothers in Christ can come alongside each other and instead of leaving them out in the cold, like, yeah, you did mess up. <laughs> and, and there is a th- thing to that of just standing with them in truth, like, yes, you did, but you are a brother, you are a sis of God. Like, yeah. he loves you, he approves of you, and don't allow the enemy to lie to you in that area um, because we're here together and I'm going to help lift you up. And and we notice things like we hear people say lies about themselves, about their lives. We hear them all the time. Mm -hmm. We hear them in our children. We hear them from coworkers and we just oftentimes are just quiet, but we can really step in and, and speak life. We can speak truth of what, what the truth is mm-hmm. and what that, that pushes, pushes us towards the life that God has for us, living for his approval to please him uh, and only him. I think one of the best places to think about, and I've taught this you know, many times after it was taught to me, is really from the baptism of Jesus um, in which uh, we get one of these rare glimpses of God the Father speaking to his son um, audibly where we can, we have it in the, in the scriptures. And, um, in, and as Jesus is being baptized, uh, God the Father says to him, he says, this is my son um, whom I love, in him I'm well pleased. And he gives Jesus in this moment three things. And if we're, we're going to help others along the way in these moments, and with our kids, with our friends, with our brothers or sisters, with our, with, uh, our parents, even um, with, with one another, uh, we can do these things. We can offer these things. I do this to my kids every night. 
When I tuck them in bed at night, say, I, I love you. I'm glad you're mine. I'm glad you're my son. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. Do you just feel like what a warm blanket that is to someone's soul that's like, hey, I don't have to live for the pleasing everybody. I, I've been given this. You're, you're a child of God. I love you. God loves you even more. It's these few small, simple words that we can say in moments that really change the posture of someone's heart from fighting for approval to knowing that I'm accepted, I'm loved, I'm affirmed. Um, and then God calls us into a life to, to please him. From yeah, there. and something that's so beautiful is that God specifically chose Mary and Joseph, so yeah. nobodies from nowhere, Nazareth, to completely, that they're the ones who delivered or brought Jesus into the world, who saved everyone, everywhere. Yeah. And so do not allow where you come from, maybe who your family background is, what you what you don't do for a profession or what you do, don't allow that to be something that holds you back from knowing that you're accepted. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and we want to take a few minutes and talk about really the next place they, they moved to is, is Bethlehem. Um, there where they'll have Jesus. And th- that's probably close to a week travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Just think about that. Desert roads, uh, walking, um, pregnant. And again, she was earlier in her pregnancy at that time. She'll it doesn't have, matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. It's a long way. <laughs> Um, and then they're about 80 miles outside of Jerusalem. They'll go uh, to Jerusalem after uh, the, the shepherds come uh, and, and visit, and, and they're going there for a specific reason. I think that really reveals uh, the next thing that we can't afford to leave home without. These are socks. But the, yeah, don't the worry. Next, I didn't put any underwear in there. <laughs> no, that's good. I appreciate that. Uh, the next thing that we can't afford to leave home without is simple faithfulness. That sounds so simple. It's a, it sounds so simple, but I, I think we like to look at so many people in this story. We, we, we talk about the shepherds every year. We talk about the wise men. Rarely do we slow down and really think about just the simple faithfulness that God chose to use in Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. They, so the, after Bethlehem, they go to Jerusalem, and just to kind of paint the picture of what they would do in Jerusalem, they would go and, and Mary, it was uh, uh, common, like after the child would be circumcised, uh, that was eight days, and they, would, they wouldn't name Jesus, they wouldn't name the children until they were circumcised eight days after he was born, and then 33 days after that, so 41 days after he was born, they would go and need to present themselves and offer a sacrifice for ritual purification, Ritual purification, big word, right? Here's what it means. It means to really just present yourself uh, pure and holy to be able to to continue to live as a faithful Jew at this time. And so there were things that the law out of Leviticus, out of the, the, the Torah had presented, the first Torah is the first five books of the Bible. That, that God had instructed the people of Israel to do, and so they do those to a T. They do those. So they would go uh, into Jerusalem, and they would purchase. If they had a lot of wealth, uh, they, they would purchase a, a lamb or, or, or something uh, like that. Uh, but if they didn't have much, all they could afford for Christmas, if you can think about it, all they could afford was two little turtle doves. You, you know the old story, the old song with 12 Days of Christmas? Two turtle doves. This is where this comes from, because they purchased two turtle doves. That, that meant that they, they didn't have a whole lot. They, they were people of meager means. This is, they were from nobody. No, they were young kids from nowhere. Nobody's from nowhere. And all they could buy is these two little turtle doves. And they would present those. One of those represented a sin offering, the other a burnt offering. And Mary would go and do this ritual purification. She'd go and bathe, like cleanse herself. Um, 
you know, and, and so after uh, that, they would burn the, the, the sacrifice, and she would see the smoke rising up. It's like her prayers to God, and that was them presenting them, uh, Jesus back to God as a part of uh, uh, keeping obedience to, to his law. And, and I just wanted to just stop for a second and just explain that. That's not glamorous at all. That's not attractive, but it was faithfulness. It was simple faithfulness. And I know we want to look at, at all the things that give us magical kind of feels in this season, but I just want to encourage you. We can't afford to leave home without God's approval. We, we can never, like just, it's the simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Simple faithfulness is really what God's after, and we can't afford to leave that. We're thinking about all the things we can add to our lives, but we need to start from the foundation when we're packing light. Mm-hmm. Simple faithfulness, God. Yeah, and in a nutshell, just wrapping it right up, simple faithfulness is doing the right thing with the right heart. Because a lot of times we do get caught up in the, oh, I'm just, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, I did it. Are you happy now? Check the box, move on. But it's doing the right thing with the right heart. Um, That's you, so huge. Yeah. Because we, we can find ourselves in, in one or two places when we're like, oh, my heart's not in it, so I'm just not going to do it. You ever said that? Like, I have hearts in it, so I'm not going to do it. Well, you're further away from faithfulness that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, the goal isn't to cut out do, the, the doing part of it. It's to align our heart with God's will and doing his will with the right heart and obeying his word you know, with the right You're heart. talking about how we, we look at, like, the big grand picture and we want to have, like, this nicely packaged answer. I was thinking about this past week we went to the funeral of Kyle's grandfather and we were sitting around a table, and the pastor's wife said to his grandmother, well, what are you going to do when, like, are you going to call someone? Please tell me you're going to call someone when you get lonely or if you get scared. And, what, like, what do you do? Do you ever feel these feelings? And she simply said, well, I'm just going to pray and ask God to take it away. And so here's this 80-year-old woman lived a long life of simple faithfulness like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask God to help me with it and a lot of times we think we need to like song and dance it away or have this you know amazingly huge thing and no we just simple faithfulness doing the right thing and the right heart yeah I I think about it with marriage like um how many times in the room are you willing to say that you have um served your spouse with um the right heart <laughs> you can tell the difference right like i'll take all the trash but it's not going to be in the right heart so that doesn't count yeah. <laughs> but i think we there there's so many areas in our life again we think it's walking into the church doors but it's at home taking out the trash yeah. it's it's at home when you're tucking your kids in bed at night and you're too tired but you pr- you still pray with them it's the simple faithfulness of the doing the right thing with the right heart and you know i um i want to tell you that Jesus didn't really have a choice when Mary and Joseph packed him up and took him to the next place and the next place. He was too small at that point to be even say no or protest like a two-year-old or something. But that was the parents that were take that were displaying the faithfulness in his life from a very young age. And so parents, you know, so there's a marriage portion and there's a, a parenting little point too, like just Take your kids along, whether they protest it or not. Like, just show them the way in simple faithfulness. Um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, for pastor appreciation, um, Christina gave us this book called Every Moment Holy. And it's basically a book of prayers or liturgies that apply to just everyday life, like very simple tasks. 
And one morning I woke up a couple weeks ago and I did not want to go to work. Like I just, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't excited about it. I was actually grumbling. You guys probably have trouble relating to that. Actually but, um, grumbling about it. Like, just try oh. to imagine <laughs> you were in that. So every, everything I did that morning, making lunch, I was in a bad mood. Like getting dressed. I couldn't find anything that was going to fit or match or not, whatever. And for those of you who don't know, I work at a preschool and I'm in the two-year-old class and a lot of them are not potty trained. And for whatever reason, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me, go to the Every Moment Holy Book for a second. And so I opened it up and it's literally like um, at daybreak, um, a prayer for I don't know. Losing your dog. Losing or, your dog. Yeah. A prayer for, I mean, there's literally a prayer for all these just random everyday things. So I'm looking through the um, index, like whatever, glossary index, what's that called? Table of contents. I'm looking through that like, okay, what can apply to me today? Because I'm in a really bad mood. And um, there was two on diapering children. I'm like, that's it. So I went yeah. to the page. And the most beautiful prayer about how... Wiping butts. Literally about wiping butts. Like, and I'm <laughs> again, things that have never been try said not before. to try not to um, you know think that I'm lying. Yeah. You're crying, reading this this prayer about how you're not diapering a child. You are taking care of the future generation of the church. Like you are serving, you are loving, you are caring for, you are you are cleaning. Just how God wipes away the dirt and yuck i'm not gonna in our lives like you are doing that in a simple act of service and then i was like okay i'm ready to go to work like i was so excited yeah it's just simple faithfulness absolutely uh hebrews chapter 10 i preached on this uh, months ago let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess let's hang on let's be faithful in the little things the simple things for he who promised it's faithful. And then let us also consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Parents, your simple faithfulness sets your kids on the path for their own faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Your unfaithfulness gives them something to overcome, gives them, gives them a lot more to overcome because they have to overcome your unfaithfulness to getting into and walking in uh, the will of God. And so I just want to ask you, like, what are some areas in your life right now that simple faithfulness um, has kind of gone to the wayside? We've been worried about all the other things in this life. We've been worried about all the other things, and, and how can we just lock back into God? Just let me, I don't want to leave home without this. Can I just be faithful to you? Can I live a life that's pleasing to you? And then we begin to consider that that's going to actually spur others on towards love and good deeds. The third thing today as we, as we close uh, and the band can go ahead and come and, and get ready, um, that we can't afford to, to leave home without which kids, what are the one things that Christmas ain't Christmas without? Presents! Presents. Got it! <laughs> Christmas, yeah, without Santa, without Jesus, right? Um, no, it, it's, Christmas isn't Christmas. We can't, we can't leave the house without Without presence, but but not the presence under the tree, the presence that that, that God has uh, brought to us in Jesus Christ. One of our favorite Christmas movies is um, one of our favorite Christmas movies is uh, Home Alone. Anybody like Home Alone? Right. In Home Alone, there's the there's the scene in both of the movies in which um, uh, the mom comes. Uh, you know, they're they're off on the trip, and she's like, "I feel like I'm forgetting something." 
right? You remember the, feel like I'm forgetting. And their husband's trying to suggest some things and she can't remember what it is. And Kevin, right? That's the moment that we all remember from Home Alone. And uh, how many times do we leave the house and, and the most basic thing we forget, which is that we are carrying God's presence with us. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and this is fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I love that song, we, that new Christmas song we sang earlier that just says, the king has come to dwell with us. The king has come to dwell with us. You see, it's, it's his presence that's come that we celebrate in the season and we can't afford to leave home without it. His presence is living within us. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's not just his presence that I want to encourage you to make sure you don't leave home without. It's to make sure that you don't leave home without being present. And when you're at home, you're present. Mm-hmm. We had a cool moment happen um, at Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know if you want to share that. Sure. Yeah, my mom had bought these little place cards um, that you put in front of everybody's seat, and but it was fill in the blank. Blank is thankful for. So we put everybody's name on them. And uh, Camden over here, he said, Camden is thankful for, and all he wrote was my surroundings. <laughs> He added a few things after that. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't go with the point. <laughs> but my surroundings is the first thing he put. And it's just, that was so beautiful. Like, he wasn't thankful for any talk of presents or food. or It's just everything around me. I'm just thankful. And so I think just giving that gift to others yeah. of your presence is so good. Geographically, in this point, we, we want to move you to Egypt. They're in... Uh, Jerusalem, they're in Bethlehem. The wise men come. After the wise men leave, they, they hear about this, this edict in which the first child will be, born, will, will be um, killed if you stay there. And so Mary and Joseph did all they know what they do to do is to run for their lives, to run for the life of their kids, their, their son at this time, just one. And they ran a long way. They walked a long way for a long time to make sure Jesus was safe. Kids, your parents sacrificed so much for you. You'll never know how much they sacrificed for you. Time and energy, every lunch made, every dollar spent to care for you, you'll never know. And I know for a lot of parents, a lot of families, this year's been really hard. Kids, are you listening to me today? Are you listening to me? It's been really hard. And I, I know that for some families, you know, kids, there's some things on your Christmas list that you're not going to get this year. But I want you to know today from your pastor that your, your parents love you so much and they're doing everything they can to provide for you. They are sacrificing. They're doing absolutely everything in their power to care for you, just like Mary and Joseph did to protect you. And as all these things that have gone in this world, there's a lot of adults who have been very fearful. I haven't seen much fear in kids this year. And I want you to know, going into next, you don't have anything to fear. Your parents are looking out for you. They're going to protect you. God is looking out for you, and he's going to protect you. This year, in some ways, as we've retreated to our homes, to one of our safe places, for some of us, to our addictions, we've, we've gone wherever we know that we could just find safety for a minute. 
We've gone to our own Egypts. We've ran for cover. We've experienced what Jesus felt. And and I'm, I'm so glad that Jesus went to Egypt. It's reflective of what the people of Israel did when they wandered in Egypt. But Jesus didn't stay there but for a few months or a few years. We don't know how long. But Mary and Joseph had a choice in this time in which they weren't at home. Life was very different than what they knew. Things were not perfect and they weren't normal. They were anything but normal. They had to adjust to a new normal, if you know what I mean. As they're sitting in Egypt, they had a choice of how they're going to live. Just as you and I have a choice right now at the end of 2020, and we've had a choice all through 2020 of how we're going to live. But I just want to remind you of this truth. This last piece that we can't afford to live without, we, his presence is living inside of us as sons and daughters. If you don't know Jesus, and it's just nothing but dark, hopelessness, and you're realizing, man, I need Jesus in my life today, then you can make that decision. Repent, confess your sin, and begin to follow him. Start a new walk with life, and you're going to find hope for your soul, not just in this life, but in the age to come. His presence that's come is dwelling within us. We've been talking about packing light. But Jesus that came to this world, he's the light of the world. He said it himself. But he also looked to us. He looked to the church and said, you're the light of the world. So every time you leave home, every time you're in your home, we're packing light. We're packing the light of the world inside of us. And we've been called to go and shine that light. We've been called and to go and carry the, the good news of Jesus, the hope of Jesus to the world, to your neighbors, to your sons and to your daughters, to your coworkers. The light of God is living inside of you. You are the light of the world, Fathom Church. Watching at home or right here in the room, the light of the world lives inside of you. You're packing light. And I want to pray with you today, and this band's going to lead us. It's not the end of the story. And Jesus is safe and sound, and they end up taking him back to Nazareth. They take him back to his hometown, just like you'll walk out of this room or you're sitting at home now, and you'll go back to your hometown, your home community, your home neighborhood, your, your own job, and you have an opportunity to take light back with you. I want to pray with you today as we, we close. I had, um, I, I think it was one of my grandparents who gave me this special little flashlight. It's like a solar flashlight. It's really cool. Um, but I've been trying to charge it, and it will not charge um, because I was trying to charge it inside the house. Just figured light's light, right? And it didn't work. And so many of us have just been artificially trying to charge our batteries this year. Something that'll make us laugh for a minute and move on. And we're tired. And our spirits have been darkened. And I just want you to know that the presence of God is here. The light of the world has come. There is hope. You don't have to live in that darkness. You can come out of it. You don't have to get artificial light. There is the real light from heaven that comes down and he is present.